So today, we're going to talk about how E is still for emergency. <laughs> and there's a variety of emergency states that I learned about in my very recent ride-along with Montgomery County Hospital District, District Chief Ashley Fulmore, Station 20. She had a wonderful team, and it was a long 14-hour day. I saw death more than once, um, and I'll get to that, but let's talk about why E is still for emergency. <laughs> All right, so this is what they told me. Emergency states could include, so if your heart rate is altered, if you're having difficulty breathing, if you lose consciousness, if there's just nobody else that can help you, then that's a legit reason to call 911. Okay. Is there some place else? Is there someone else that can help you? And if there is, then you might be able to save yourself a expensive taxi ride. There's no guarantee that they will get you into the hospital. They'll just get you there, and then you just have to wait in line depending on how... Um, bad your, your triage is. So it, it runs about $750 for a, a local ride. So that's another reason to think about is there any other way that you can get help? And they wanted you to know that. Okay. So another thing they want you to know is um, after you get out of the left lane, as soon as you hear or see the signals, the alarms, the sirens, after you get out of the left lane, then stop moving. And this is really important. You don't know which direction they need to turn, where they're going. They don't know what you're going to do. And if you keep moving, even if you do get out of the left lane, you still might be in their way. And they just beg you to please, if you hear them coming, get out of the left lane, pull over, stop moving. Okay. That's, that's exactly what they want you to do, <laughs> okay? And I, I saw them trying to clear an intersection, and people just kept coming. Now, I, I'm making a video of bits and pieces of the day. I did not get that on video, which is too bad, because you just, you hear them, you, you know, district uh, chief was blowing the siren and honking the horn, and the... the the air horns that they have on the big trucks, on the ambulances and on the fire engines are bigger, stronger, wider, deeper than the smaller sirens that they have on the, the district chief Tahoes. But they don't want to get rammed by you or someone else in an intersection either. So there's just a lot of caution as they approach moving traffic, as they approach a, a, an intersection, even with a green light. They're super duper careful. Okay, so stop moving, please. I beg you. They beg you. Okay, another thing I've learned was that when you hear the term a one-alarm fire, and I guess a two-alarm, three-alarm, so a one-alarm fire means that dispatch is going to send one district chief, that'll be the supervisor of the EMS. They'll send the EMS ambulance. They will send two pumper trucks, one rescue truck, and one ladder truck. And those are three different kinds of fire trucks, y'all. And they're going to send a fire battalion chief. 
So I learned that there's certainly specialty fire trucks and those firefighters that ride them have gone through a lot of specialty training. I didn't know there was more than one kind of fire engine, but there are. So at least there's a pumpers, and I saw one of them with the great big old six inch or eight inch um, um, pipe tube um, hooked up to the fire hydrant. They have a rescue truck, then they have a ladder truck, and you can tell the difference by looking on top. So if you see a fire engine that's got a whole bunch of ladders on top, then that will extend up um, 70 feet, I think, like for a tall building. Um, a rescue truck might have more, not sure what we're approaching, what, not sure what you're going to need. Again, I'm not an expert on fire trucks. I'm just sharing with you what I learned. But I thought all of that was pretty fascinating. In the conversations I had with the, the different crews, the topic of ADHD came up. And this is a sidebar, but it's kind of interesting. So the rhetorical question is, what if ADHD is really just an unevolved need for a continued higher state of alert? So, you know, back in the early days when it was lions and tigers and bears, and we have to make sure the dinosaurs don't eat us, we had very short attention spans, and the brain was always looking for movement. So, as our civilization has changed, but we still have a need for a higher state of arousal, and if it's just not evolved into a more tranquil life, maybe that means that that person just had a rougher childhood. There was maybe more threats, more abuse, some place where they could never feel safe. That's a really interesting rhetorical situation to me as I think about all aspects of learning challenges, neurodiversity, learning differences, focus, executive functioning. And I know a lot of these are big words, and it might not mean anything to you, but just the fact that the ADHD might actually be the brain's protection, one case by case by case, that's fascinating. Okay, if you know anything about that, ping me, okay? That would be super. Okay, so I also learned there's, there's also different kinds of ambulances. So they got the basic ambulance, and that's just you know, like, again, basic. It, they don't have all the, um, all, all the, the, the emergency equipment. They have day and peak trucks, so sometimes they're on a 12-hour rotation, sometimes they're on a 24-hour, and they have a different um, uh, uh, schedule, and there's a lot of overlapping, and you bid on jobs, and it's mostly really just confusing to me. But it's really fascinating. I think every two years you, you, you change your partner and then after those second two years have passed you can rejoin your original partner. But they do this, I think, for a constant state of cross-training. They have somebody that they call the in-charge and that on the team of two is the more experienced. And if they're bringing along a young trainee, a new, not necessarily young, but just a new trainee, then when that trainee might ride along as a third person, like I did as a ride-along, then they call that a consult. So anyway, you're learning some of the specific nomenclature. Here's another uh, thing I learned, and I thought this was great. They have what they call cell phone heroes, and that's someone who calls something in but won't stay on scene. So let's say that, you know, I'm, I'm too busy. I'll call in and I'll do something to, to alert the, 
the powers that be, but I can't, I can't stay. I'm gone. <laughs> so it, it's not a derogatory term. It's just, it, it's just funny, I think. So that's what I, I learned that they call those guys cell phone heroes. So, hey, that's that what, that's what you might be. Just want to pass that along. Also, let's talk about hospitals for a moment. So different hospitals will have different services. So again, not everything is equal. There might be a specialization for children's. Like here in Texas, we have Texas Children's Hospital. All right. Another hospital might specialize in cardiac arrest. Another would specialize in trauma, perhaps gunshot wounds. Um, I, I saw a sign as we were in and out of hospitals, a level two trauma for Memorial Hermann in one specific hospital. And in the greater Houston area, I think Bentob is a trauma hospital. So if you're a children's hospital, you're not going to get trauma calls. All right. If you're a burn hospital, you're not going to get eye injuries delivered to you. And if, if you're wounded because of fireworks, then they might end up taking you to a hand surgeon specializing hospital. So um, anyway, just be aware. <laughs> I, uh, I met a chaplain. So they have their own uh, uh, chaplains within the organization. They are EMS trained they, ha they go around solo, so you, you usually see EMS uh, ambulance teams in twos, maybe threes, right, if it's a consult or a ride-along or a special reason. If you see a solo, that might be a district chief, and every district chief I've ridden with was always the, the first on the scene, the last to leave, the most not lazy person I've ever met, <laughs> all heroes, um, I've met male and female heroes who are district chiefs. Um, so they often are solo, but they immediately join up. But the chaplain runs solo, and the one I met, uh, I also knew was a chaplain because she carried around a bag of candy. <laughs> she asked me if I wanted some candy. So um, I thought that was cute, sweet, nice, good to know. Um, they also have, on all their dispatches, they have a code word that in case they get in a really bad situation and they need a code word they've got it I'm not going to tell you what it is that's not my place I know school systems have code words in case somebody's too close um, but uh, there is a code word for the dispatch and now this was a really sad part of the day we we were called on scene for a, um, a head-on and um, uh, that we were there a long time. I, I, I saw some real heroism. <laughs> I saw it was a cold, windy day, and uh, I saw a district chief pull off her jacket, and because uh, she didn't want to get uh, blood all over it. And then I saw another district chief that arrived on the scene to help and needed kind of, kind of like put the finger in the dike in a situation, and ended up with blood all over his jacket just because he was a nice guy to come by and help each other out. It's just amazing teamwork and amazing sacrifice and amazing hard work and tenacity and such courage. I'm just, you know, open-mouthed um, in, uh, in awe of everything that I saw on that long, long, hard day. Um, so I just wanted to, to try to pass that along. Another little bit on scene when we had that... Um, that uh, um, um, head-on collision. So it was um, 
there was a lot of cleanup. And so the protocol there is you'll have uh, one alarm, right? You'll have the, the uh, EMS show up, district chief. You'll have fire. You'll have um, the sheriff. You might have the constable's office. If there's any kind of um, uh, fatality, you'll have the state trooper show up. And then they're the ones that are responsible for all of the sheets over the bodies and mapping out what happened and filing all final authority of filing all the reports. I learned also that rec record drivers, they're probably paid for this. I didn't hear that specifically, but I asked, you know, who's getting stuck with sweeping up all of the glass and the car parts and the debris everywhere? And, and I was told that record drivers will do that. So perhaps I'm sure they're paid for it, right? But um, I wondered who did that. And the state troopers, um, they could get stuck with some pretty, um, pretty, I hate to say gory, but pretty hard things. Um, so I just, I, there's a lot that I don't, that I'm not going to say about my day um, because it's not my place to. But I just was so glad to come home and hug my kids that they were alive. <laughs> And um, grateful for um, peace and harmony and quiet. There was some debriefing that I needed, and I talked a bit to two of my peers um, in uniform. <laughs> it was pretty cool um, uh, to to think that they considered me a peer to debrief. Um, the um, there was another scene that I learned, and I just wanted to share this because I'm a family of uh, special needs, of neurodiversity, and of siblings. So I saw something that if if you don't have a will set up for your kids that clearly delineates who's going to get the money and who's going to take care of who, then you're a fool, okay? So get your will set up, figure out who's going to take care of who, get it down in legal in legalese and make sure that there's money for the right people to, to do the right thing because I saw something that was a it was like the worst thing that happened and you do not want that to happen to your family okay or to you if that were you and you were the uh, the abandoned um, and uncared for old 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 person there so just get your, get your affairs in order and get a will and have a plan. Now, me personally, I need to go back and revise my will because some things have changed. And as my kids evolve, I've got to make sure that I keep editing that. Um, again, I'm not going to go into the details. It's not appropriate for me to, but I sure want to tell you that you don't want to have that happen in your family, okay? So get your plan together, please. I beg you. Um, and then later on, uh, t tonight, we went shopping, the kids and I, and um, I heard another siren. It's the first time I've heard uh, uh, the alarm going off since I was there with them. And I, I felt this massive kinship. I, I was telling, so we have two exchange students and then my son, and we were all doing a little grocery shopping and fun shopping tonight. It's a uh, Sunday night, school night, uh, get back in the groove for tomorrow. But I said, oh, my goodness, there's my friends. And so we all kind of stopped and looked and watched, you know, where the trucks were going and where the sirens were going. And I could just viscerally, I could just feel it all. I could remember everything that they went through. And I got to be inside and I got to see the equipment. And I got to see really hard 
sacrifices and all the equipment that they're using and the calls that they make and the patience they have to have and the cooperation they have to have. And um, if I were a young person, I'd, I'd be really tempted to get into that kind of business. Um, you'd have to be able to stand fluids <laughs> and not faint. Um, it's, it's a very noble profession. And um, I, my, my hat's off to you guys uh, in the service. So I'm looking forward to further ride-alongs. It's not scaring me off. The point of this podcast tonight, I, I will make sure that they bless it before I publish it. And then I, I, I was able to collect some pictures, not that much, right? Nothing of that's um, inappropriate, but just to give you the, the, the feel of what the day would be like. And it's pile day, the days piled on top of each new code red and then you barely catch your breath and you're back at it again and you catch your breath barely and you're back at it again um so it's uh it's a long hard day very emotionally draining physically wearying uh cold or hot there's a lot of sweat and there's a lot of freezing involved um and it's right in my, where I live. So that was what was so amazing is we went up and down, up and down, up and down st streets that I live in and go shopping in. And you, you see another part of the world that you typically don't. Um, you see all the, the shit happening, you know, um, in and out of hospitals, in and out of... And another thing, too, take care of your health, okay? Because some of the stuff I see, you... It, it, that was just one day, and y'all know what it's like if you ever go walking up and down the hallway of any hospital. It's not a place that you want to go touristing or sightseeing. It's not a place to be. So take care of your health. Get your get your stuff in order. Get out of the left-hand lane. Quit moving after you do that. And keep in mind the emergency services for EMS 911. And if you can find another way to do it to save yourself some money, then great, do it. Don't shortcut yourself if that's really who you need. But if it's a, a smaller thing, <laughs> consider, consider the money. Consider asking someone else to help you because someone else is, is in line right behind you with a greater need. Okay, thanks for listening. Peace be with us. If you, if you meet any EMS people, give them a hug, okay? <laughs> um, buy them a cup of coffee. Prepay for it at Starbucks drive through Anything. Do some small random act of kindness for them. Um, but get out, of the right, get out of the left-hand lane and stop moving. Okay, cheers.